let's just start at the Disney stuff. I know you've gone on to other things since then, but how did that opportunity come to be? It was an interesting journey to get to Disney because I spent the first 25 some odd years of my career as a creative and then as a creative leader at advertising agencies. And I actually got recruited to Disney. They were looking for a VP to head up global creative. And at the moment I was at DDB Chicago. I was an executive creative director there and open to opportunities. And so I was looking at other chief creative officer roles, other agency roles. And the Disney was intriguing to me because I had never been brand side before. And if you think about it, there, there was for a long time in the ad industry, going brand side was kind of like where old creatives go to die. Then there was an evolution of brands are now taking on and building internal creative departments, not just to be creative services, but to be agencies within brands and also to be the brand gatekeepers and help the creative expression of brands. So, you know, obviously Disney, massive company, massive entertainment and creative company. And I was just a little bit hesitant. I remember telling myself, they flew me out to Burbank and I said, I remember telling myself, like, if they're pumping into small world throughout the offices, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do it. Right. <laughs> so I can't, I can't, I love Disney and the storytelling and the characters. I can't do the saccharine suite all the time. You know, I'm a mom and I have two kids and daughters and brought brought my kids to Disney and, you know, had these really indelible memories. Also just thinking about what is the what is the potential role and the potential to grow and grow the culture and the the brand at, a, at such a legacy brand as Disney. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went there and it was fascinating. And I met who was the SVP, Marty Muller, amazing woman who led the in-house agency called Yellow Shoes for parks experiences. It was, I started at Disney Parks and Experience and then we they evolved the company structure and we took on products as well, consumer products. And she, you know, again, you think about the magic of Disney. It was the magic of making someone feel something and emotional storytelling. And she said, let's take a walk. You know, you got to love a good walk and talk. And she walked me through the through over on the Imagineering side because we were in the marketing side. We had our own offices at Bungalow and through Imagineering and the workshop, they had, you know, 2D renderings, digital renderings. They had, you know, cardboard builds, foam builds. They she took me through. So we're looking at what's, what was happening and they were building Shanghai at the moment. And then ultimately throughout this massive workshop into historical storage of like Disney statues, like the first seven dwarves carved into marble and Snow White. Oh, wow. And you're seeing the heads from the Haunted Mansion and you just go, you can kinetically feel the history and the people that had touched the brand from Walt on to the present day. And it was so emotional. Like I felt such an emotional connection and opportunity and, and an honor to go in and be part of that experience. It was a really great brief, helped take us this in-house agency, which had been around for some time, but really acted more in a creative services mode. And in fact, it's like they worked with outside agencies. I would say outside agencies and the biggest difference that I've learned in this second part of my career of internal brands tend to have less of the creative strategy and creative ideation capability and more of the iterating and co-creating and then making of assets and filling all of the owned, earned, paid, shared channels. And really they were, and they were also a bit of an analog organization creatively. It's very traditional. And so how do you make them digital? How do you make them hire ideators? How do you drive innovation? How do you drive learning and development and culture? It was fascinating to do that and the opportunity to do that and always easier said than done. 
something that you touched on here is I think that you need to have within your soul a little bit of nostalgia. And I don't think that that's something that could necessarily be taught. But do you feel that way? Like I am very nostalgic and emotional and, you know, it's like it's a gift and a curse, but I can't help but feel like you have to innately have that within you. I think I operate, you know, people who operate this left brain, right brain, and you think about intuition and intellect. And I definitely learned to balance more of, you know, the left and right at, at Disney because I was going, I think from a, from a traditionally agency where you're creative and cre it's creative at all costs. And so you're really, really powering on the creative side, but coming over to Disney and leading that group was more of the business of creativity. So it wasn't just creative for creative sake, but you had to like drive business results mm. at the same time. I'm very much a feels person. Like I need to feel it in my body, make, make with an idea as a consumer, as a viewer, as an audience, or as a maker, like give me the feels make like if I feel an idea I feel sometimes I'll feel it in my arms and my legs and the back of my neck and I'm like that there's something there because you just moved me on a human level and that's ultimately what we want to do when we think about brand Disney does live it's a very emotional brand and the core of Disney is storytelling and if you think about the history of storytelling it's basically how we communicate on a human level Go back, whether it's a visual on a wall, cave wall, or the audio sitting around a fire telling stories or how we show it through, through film or a single image photograph. It turns out that storytelling is a way that we can A, communicate on a, on a human level. And our, our brains are wired to retain, to remember stories better than just facts. And so it's, you're, you're not only engaging people to like listen and lean in and and make them feel something, but you're helping them remember what the message that you're trying to share with them in a much more, and, and, and it's funny when it turns out to be brain science as opposed to just the feels, you know, nostalgia and the brand. You know, I think I, think I do both. Like I love how I grew up and the storytelling and the films and the experiences and my childhood and one of five and always thrown into a big station wagon with music blasting. And at the same time, I love the future. And so when I went to Disney, it was, I had to go as a brand enthusiast, a brand advocate, passionate about the brand. I think what I learned about hiring people at Disney and building teams was you couldn't be a brand rejecter. If you rejected the ultimate, what Disney does, and it's too saccharine or it's too artificial or, or all the other things, it's too whatever. Right. Um, you're not going to be able to tell the stories that move people. At the same time, you want people that can help envision what the stories of tomorrow can be. Because there is a little bit of a challenge with legacy brands that they're they're a bit more stuck and they are who they are, who they are. How, and how do they continue to get new audiences and win new hearts, minds, spirits, and then ultimately wallets is how do you evolve the storytelling? Disney, I think, has like once again really hit its stride. I talk about Moana in the same breath that I talk about Beauty and the Beast, and you know the the list goes on. But you know, just one example is is that. How did you guys strike that balance when you're you have you know there's the Seven Dwarves and there's all that, but that's you know starting to slide into like the 40s and 50s, and it's like getting kind of old. And then you have this new generation that's coming in that, especially pre Disney Plus, they don't necessarily have that context. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was it was the really interesting as we were looking at our audiences and starting to there's a, there's an element of or it used to be that kids would the beg factor, 
I need to go to Disneyland or Walt Disney World. I need to, I, I want to meet my friends, Mickey and Minnie and whomever else I fall in love with, the princesses. What we started to see from a market perspective was as people were growing up and cutting the cord, their kids weren't being sat in front of the Disney Channel as sort of, sort of mainlining Disney storytelling, Disney IP, if you will. Right. And so there was less and there were more options for travel and experiences. The demand was falling. And we also saw that, you know, if if we didn't expose children to a Disney experience before they were five, there was there was lesser lesser opportunity to have a long-term guest and, and fan and client. So it was looking at alternate ways of reaching those audiences, whether it be with YouTube channel, whether it be looking at, can we mix up the characters? I mean, I think they did an incredible job expanding the IP catalog with, you know, the Marvels of the world, the Star Wars of the world. I mean, it was a very, tended to be a pretty traditional storytelling company, a lot of princesses and even the princesses. I'm a diehard feminist. I have two daughters. My, my, my oldest daughter once said to me, mom, Disney ruined the idea of love for me. And I said, okay, that's a lot. Let's unpack that. <laughs> so for my daughters, Mulan was a, they wore it out because she was a hero. She battled the odds. She saved the day, but she, and the, at the same time, there was still this like relationship and love despite of who she was, right. right. Or because of who she was. So I, you can see how that, as you said, the storytelling telling evolved to kind of, we need to evolve beyond this sort of save me princess era into developing fuller characters and looking at how people relate today. I want to touch on what you were talking about, about nostalgia, because the, another group that we were looking at is young adults. And it was all of a sudden, we're seeing a lot of young adults start coming to the park without their kids. You know, you go off to college or your first job. And the reality is, is that adulting sucks. And right. so <laughs> like, it's harder than you thought. It's expensive. It's exhausting. It's like, there's a lot of like realities that comes in and Disney and Disney experiences and films and all that gave you a chance to escape and go back to that nostalgic feeling of being a kid and not even worrying about it and not worrying about anything. So there was a whole work stream that we did. And we did it mostly in social of how do we talk to young people and tap into that nostalgia and that love of the brand and that love of the characters, but make it cool and make it, you know, like their happy place. And we repositioned this idea of what people were saying, happy place to connect it back to Walt Disney World and Disneyland and just think about custom experiences and custom campaigns just for that audience.